Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we have candid and unfiltered conversations with fellow survivors about what actually happens during and after a cancer diagnosis. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. And me, Paige Gill. Today's guest is Julie Stagno, a licensed marriage and family therapist. She is also a breast cancer survivor and has had no evidence of disease for five years. We are so excited to talk with her today. Hello, Julie. Welcome to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Thanks for having me, Maddie. Of course. I'm so excited to talk with you and get more details about your story. Uh, Julie and I know each other from our young adult support group, which was really incredible. And that's where Rob from episode two or three was also from. Um, so I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry that Paige can't be with us. I know. Unfortunately, everyone, Paige is having some stomach problems, so she cannot be with us, but we miss her. Um, She's here in spirit. (laughs) As Julie said, the show must go on. (laughs) 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 Well, great. So I would love if you could maybe start with like the beginning of your story, your cancer story, kind of like when you were first diagnosed and how you found out and everything like that. Okay. Um, So I was diagnosed at 33 years old to be breast cancer. Um, And what is stage two, you might explain that. So what does stage two B mean? It's not quite stage three, but it's like on the higher higher end of stage two. Okay. Um, I think it, again, I'm not an oncologist, but I think it has to do with the size of the tumor, okay. um, how, you know, lymph node involvement. So I did have a, I did have a couple of lymph nodes involved. So I did have to get lymph nodes removed. So that's my best recollection okay. of what that is. Um, and so it's, it was hormone positive. So it was ERPR positive and HER2 negative. I don't remember what HER2 means. Okay. I've, I've really kind of like, stepped away from knowing all of these things. Yeah. Like I know, I know enough, like I know enough, but I'm definitely not a doctor or an oncologist. So, but I just know that mine wasn't as aggressive as, as like a triple negative where it's, mm-hmm. you know, ERPR negative and HER2 negative. That's where it gets pretty dicey. Um, so in that regard, I had a little bit more time to stage, but strangely enough, I was, I was laying on the couch and scratching myself and I was like oh that doesn't feel right Mm. so I you know I booked an appointment with my with my general physician Mm -hmm. and and I'm telling you this because it's important (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I you know 33 at the time And, you know, she's like, oh, it's probably you're just lumpy from your period and, Mm. you know, come back again after your period next month. And, and I just kind of got, you know, shoo-shooed, like, you know, you're too, you're too young. Yeah. Like, that's literally, you know, we all hear that. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, and I had other people comforting me with the same thing. Right. You're too young. The statistics are in your favor. Yeah. You know, and so, and really just to kind of like, and that was nobody's fault. It just was what it was. Yeah. But, you know, like to kind of like, that was what the kind of messages that I was set forth right. on my cancer journey. Like right. those are the first ones. So, so I went back to the, 
I went back to my general physician or GP's office and I couldn't see her mm. and I went to see somebody else for something unrelated. Oh. And I was like, and I was like, oh, hey, and by the way, can you like check this? Yeah. He's like, uh, you no, know, you need to go downstairs today and get a biopsy and a mammogram. Oh, wow. And how yeah. soon after and that? Was that right after your first think- appointment? No, that was after the second appointment when I went in and saw somebody entirely different. Okay. And she was like, you know, I've, I've seen too much. Mm. It's better to be safe than sorry. And, you know, so needless to say, I changed doctors. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, like she's the one yeah. you want to be going to. She was the one I wanted to go yeah. to from then on out. Yeah. And, and pretty much, I, I, I don't know if I went the same day or if I went this, the day after. I think I went the day after. Mm. And, and then she called me the day after and she was like, you have breast cancer. Mm -hmm. I have an appointment scheduled for you with such and such oncologist. Yeah. And and then it just, and then it just was like, right after that, like there was, you know, so sitting alone in my living room, I'm just like, okay, so this is happening. Right. You know, so then. I went through, this was when I learned about second opinions mm-hmm. and getting, getting, you know, going, you know, you don't have to go with the first doctor. And, you know, so I did a lot of like, I don't, I don't want to say I didn't do anything any more than anybody else. What I did, I got like one second opinion, basically. Yeah. Um, but I got a second opinion from an oncologist, from the surgeon, from the uh, radiologist, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. There was, there was like kind of a hope against hope that I could save the breast. Okay. And it was just rotten. They, oh, really? The more, the more that they did tests, they were like, oh, and here's another spot that looks suspicious. Oh. And here's another spot. And they were like, you know, we would take all of those out and you wouldn't have anything left. Right. We have to do, we have to do a mastectomy. So I had a great surgeon and she was like, you know, why don't you do neoadjuvant chemotherapy? So typically the, the route that it takes is that they, they do surgery first, then chemo, then radiation. But what they did with me was we did chemo first, then surgery okay. um, with, hope, with the hopes that the, that the chemo would shrink the tumors. Right. Well, it didn't. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, you know, so like there were all of these like little – as, as long as I don't have to get chemo, okay. As long yeah, as I don't have totally. to get, if, as long as I don't have to get a mastectomy, okay. Yeah. As long as I don't lose my hair, and then like it all happened. Like I know, always, <laughs> the, yeah. The roller coaster of emotions is like you're just mm-hmm. like grabbing yeah, onto anything. Yeah, and you're 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 basically bargaining. Like okay, yeah, I can handle exactly. this if if this, you know. Yeah. And so you know, and my my oncologist, he was great. And we, we joked that it was, I got the sports package of cancer. So I got the, you know, I got chemo, I got radiation, I got a mastectomy, you know, I got all, I didn't get to, I didn't get to skip any of it. Right. Yeah. You got to experience it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, so I did the, I did chemo, I think it was uh, three or four months, three or four months, Mm -hmm. did the surgery and the surgery was actually five years ago last week. So I've been, I've been NED now for five years. Wow, congratulations. Um, so, yeah, I was considered NED after the surgery because I'd already done chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to do radiation. 
And yeah, that's kind of the, the cancer part of the story. Of course, mm-hmm. I lost my hair. Yeah. And for the radiation, I, I'm curious yeah. because like I still have side effects from radiation, but for breast cancer, because obviously they do it in that area. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have any side effects or like swelling or anything like that? Um, I just, I just have some like scarring right where they did it on my, on my neck, but I don't know if it was by the grace of God. I don't know what it was, Mm -hmm. but somehow I made out. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe like you said, it's maybe the area of your body, you know, like if they do it on your neck or on, you know, your internal organs, you know, it's, it, I, the, the joke that I, I don't want to call it a joke, but you got to have gallows humor yeah. when it comes to, <laughs> yeah. you know, is that radi- radiation is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, um, exactly. Literally. Where... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I know that from a lot of other people where they were like, I've got scar tissue, I've got this, I've yeah. got that, you know? Yeah. So luckily, you know, yeah, I've got a little bit of scarring and it's like, it's a little square. I don't think it'll ever go away. Mm-hmm. Um, all things considered, I did okay on that. Yeah. And then I did have to, so the other part of the treatment was I, I am on a hormone suppressant called tamoxifen. Okay. And the, I went on that after the full year of treatment in 2015 mm-hmm. and I've been on it ever since. They have said they they were giving me two time frames. They were saying five years or ten years, and at first they were saying, you know, because of your age, you know, mm-hmm. we want to keep you on for ten years. And but now my oncologist is like, no, the studies are saying different. With your kind of cancer, we're going to keep you on for five. Okay. Um, and the the thing that's a little bit, and I, and again, all things considered, I, people have varied. Um, side effects. And I've, mm-hmm. I've been, I've been really lucky. I've been blessed in not having a lot of side effects with the tamoxifen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also haven't had a period in over five years either. And I'm in okay. my thirties. So wow. there's that. <laughs> yeah. Did you go into yeah. early menopause from it? Or? Um, I haven't so far. I have checked, I have had them check, but no, I'm still where I'm supposed to be, but you know, what does that do to a woman in their thirties yeah. to not have a period? You know, there's, there's yeah. biologically, we're supposed to have those and, yeah. you know, so yeah. So that's, that's kind of the extent. And then of course I had, I had a, I had a lot of reconstruction and mm-hmm. it was traumatic mm-hmm. uh, in that it didn't go well. Okay. Um, it didn't go as planned. And that was, that was hard. So yeah. 2000, 2017 was, was a rough year in, in that department. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think for, for women, breast cancer, you know, that it really is kind of an assault on all things feminine, right. yeah. you know, your, your hair, your breasts, you mm-hmm. know, and, and just coming to terms with, I'm not going to look yeah. like right. I did and I didn't come to terms with that right away. Yeah. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> I think I can't, imagine. Yeah. I think that would be the hardest part, which like mm-hmm. sounds crazy. Cause like everyone, like non-cancer people would be like, just mm-hmm. aren't you happy you're alive? And like you survived, yeah. you're like, no, I just <laughs> took my boob. I, <laughs> like, yeah. I want, I want my boobs 
like they were like yeah, the way that exactly. they came like the way that they came yeah um you know I want my hair you know my hair it came back of course it's just hair it'll grow back yeah, which I, right. I, I can't <laughs> don't ever say that ever <laughs> never never nobody yeah um <laughs> But, you know, my hair, it did come back. Of course it did. But mm. it was long and I had, it was long and stick straight. It came back curly. Mm. And I was like, my word, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I felt like a teenager, like, I don't know how to do my hair. You yeah. Know? And, and <laughs> you know, just having to relearn how to, to be a, an adult woman at 30, mm-hmm. you know, 35 years old. Like, what is this? You yeah. Know, so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that kind of summarizes the 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 treatment and the medical aspect of my journey and my story. And then obviously in addition to the medical aspect, which is like such a big part is the emotional and mental. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, and I know also you're a therapist. Right. So I don't know if that like helped you kind of in any way because you I don't know if you know what I mean if you have like a third party view into yourself I actually have no idea (laughs) yeah I mean yeah you're you know like they they, how they say doctors make the worst patients kind of thing like (laughs) you know like I because I am a therapist I I am very expressive I know how to process my feelings and my emotions um Mm -hmm. if we're asking our clients to do that we need to be capable of doing that ourselves Mm -hmm. um and so I I had a lot of good friends and my and my family that I could talk to and process and that's that's really a lot of it is just processing and Mm -hmm. they were I like to call them safe people mm-hmm. where you can say all the things and not, and not be dismissed or like, well, right. it's just hair. It'll grow back. You know, like, right. you know, they, they wouldn't try to like make it okay. They, yeah. they would sit with me in it. Mm-hmm. And that's really the best advice that I can ask that I can give to mm-hmm. how do I support my, you know, whomever in their cancer journey is to, to sit with them and bear witness that this is hard. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I'll cry with you. I'll laugh with you. And so that was, that was super helpful. So, but I mean, I, I skewed, I skewed towards angry. I think that mm-hmm. was like the safe emotion and that's yeah. always the secondary emotion Um, Mm -hmm. because really I was just very sad and afraid and, you know, but nobody likes a sad and afraid person. They don't want to deal with that. (laughs) You know, people, people know how to deal with angry, you know, but I I wouldn't say like, I was like angry, like throwing things or anything like that, but I was just kind of bitter. I was just, yeah, I was just bitter. You know, I didn't, but I also countered that with, you know, I really, uh, with my faith, um, mm-hmm. I really, I really uh, leaned on that mm-hmm. as, as a part of what kind of got me through. And, and I think what's interesting is, is that we, we do, we, we have this default to try to make it better or try to soothe, smooth it over cause we're uncomfortable. And some of this stuff doesn't get better until yeah. time passes, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't have this kind of attitude f- four or five years ago, right. you know, I wasn't like loving life and <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. no, so, of course. yeah, I think just in that regard, 
um, finding that balance and just, you know, and, and what I would say for people who maybe don't have those safe people where they, mm. they do feel like they're just getting dismissed or like, like what we did with joining the support group. Yeah. Um, and that was, and for me, and I knew it was important and that's why I, I got into it right away was yeah. that was the safest place because I knew that the people that I was talking to were in, were in or had been in the same boat Mm-hmm. And there pretty much wasn't anything you could say that would like shock them or, right. you know, yeah. like not, at least get a head nod or like, a, oh yeah, I know what you do. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I literally, yeah. everyone, like everything everyone said, I was just like, yep, 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 <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards it was like, I still felt crazy because I just could not get out of my head like that it's coming back and whatever. Mm-hmm. But being in the support group, I remember people talking about it. So it like. Mm-hmm. kind of reminded me that it's a little bit normal to feel that way. So yeah, I think if anyone can, can do anything to help them, if there's a support group around and yeah. for sure mm-hmm. join it. Yeah. It well, and then it, there was, you know, and even within the, the cancer support community, they had different classes and trainings and David Kessler, I'm not sure if you're f- familiar with him, mm-hmm. but are you familiar with um, Kubler-Ross and the stages of grief? Okay, I mean, fi- see, yeah. I think I learned that in Dabda, depression, anger. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> well, so he, so he worked with her and, and he's just kind of carrying on that work. And I got to listen to him and, and there was something that he said that was so kind of like freeing for me is that live your life while you're living it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, I can do yeah. that because, you know, all I have is today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but, but Maddie, I totally get that I'm probably not the norm when it comes to that anxiety of like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's going to come back and, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, you know what? I will be worried about that when it comes, if God forbid, when it comes back in, but for now I'm going to live yeah. in complete and total just bliss ignorance, yeah. <laughs> you know, of like, I'm as of now I'm healthy, you know, yeah. and I, I can't, I'm not going to let cancer stole a year now I'd say about two years of my life yeah and I will not allow it to steal anymore yeah I just I I just know that my life life is and like like we've whenever you you're facing something like this where you're kind of contemplating your mortality Mm -hmm. you know you for me it really just kind of like okay here and now this is what we've got and right right now I know that I'm healthy and I feel okay and so I'm gonna seize that and I'm gonna go with that and not let the what-ifs steal my joy yeah yeah I mean I think that's the most the healthiest (laughs) but 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 again it's not that's I don't I don't, I've not met another one like me. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're most, rare. <laughs> yeah. I, but most everybody, and I, I get it. I, I get what that is. I do. I get it on a, on a very, on an intellectual level, but that was not my experience. And so mm-hmm. the best I can do is just share that there's other ways to look at it and other ways yeah. to, to, to live in light of what you've been through. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that's so helpful. Do you have like practices that you do that help you stay in that mindset or it's just you're naturally? 
Um, I would say in my darkest times, um, you know, what I would do again, it was, I, you know, I, I leaned heavily on my faith mm -hmm. and the, I learned back then, and it's been kind of more common knowledge now that neuroscience says that, you know, you can actually create new neural pathways in your brain to be happier by finding three things to be grateful for every day. Mm -hmm. And so for a, a, quite a long time, I would, I would, and I would, I think I still have them saved in my, my notes in my phone mm -hmm. where I would just write down every day, something that I'm grateful for and something that the so three things. And sometimes it was like running water and other times mm -hmm. it was like my parents, my husband, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, and then I, I also, I also did a lot of reading at the time and really just kind of became a student of, you know, suffering and student of, of purpose and suffering and, you know, what, what, what post-traumatic growth looks like for different right. people and, you know, in learning from other people's stories. And then also you get help from other places too, as far as mm -hmm. like, you know, if you need, if you need medical assistance with regard to anxiety, depression, you know, that also helps too. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. I was, I struggled. I did. I, yeah. I did. I struggled. I struggled. I was depressed. I was very depressed. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just kind of like muddling through and, but that cloud of, oh my gosh, am I going to get sick again? That was not a major factor for me. Unlike, uh, right. like a lot of other people. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I love the grateful writing down the three things. Mm -hmm. I did that when I was like in a very dark place right after I was done with treatment. Yeah. Um, I started doing that because like the health coach program that I did has you do like mindfulness tasks. Oh yeah. Okay. And so I started doing that and it helped so much just like bring me back down mm -hmm. from all these crazy thoughts that I was having because <laughs> it's literally like a cycle and it's oh, yeah. Like oh yeah so hard to get off of it mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um and I'm curious how did if at all like your relationships change or did you like see anything I know you have safe people but what about like the people that you know would say things that didn't rubbed you the wrong way or things like that you know all things considered I, I do, I do have to credit that my, my church family, um, mm -hmm. they were, they were incredibly supportive. My parents were supportive. My husband was supportive and just like the, the other people, you know, I just like when they would say off things where they, you know, mm -hmm. well, they were well-intentioned things, but they were not helpful. Yeah. Um, I would just kind of, you know, I, I knew that it was well-intentioned. Yeah. And I, one of the, one of the major takeaways that, that I took from all of this was that a lot of the times people will say, oh, if you need anything, just give me a call, just shoot me a yeah. text. Nobody's going to call you or text you yeah. if they need something. <laughs> Right. It's just not, <laughs> it's very it's just, true. Yeah. I mean, do, no, did you ever take anybody up on that? Like, no. Your, no, right. No, yeah, exactly. of course not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so um, something that I took from it in, okay, so I'm a wounded healer, you know, and I am, I now am no longer wounded, but I'm, I'm a healer and I've been through mm -hmm. the battle, whatnot. And 
I've learned that you, if you are going to offer help, offer it tangibly. Can I bring you a meal? Can I clean your house? Can I walk your dog? Don't just offer those. They're almost a little hollow. Um, Right. And I don't mean that in a, you know, I mean, again, I know it's well-intentioned, but there's not a lot of thought behind it. And so that was one of my big takeaways was show up. Yeah. Just show up in the lives of whether it's cancer or a car accident, just Mm -hmm. show up, you know, and and offer tangible means of support. And if you can't think of anything, just like say, hey, I'm here to listen. Mm -hmm. I'm here to, to hold your hand. And I'm not here to try to fix it and make it okay for you because it's not. There's nothing right. okay about this. If you want to watch a movie, but you know, sometimes less is more, especially yeah, in, exactly. in the especially <laughs> in the words department. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But yeah. and I do. I I get it. I understand that people like they want to help, but they don't know what to say, and then they they inevitably say the wrong thing. Right. Uh, you know. So. Yeah, um, I know. I think it's so hard. I mean. I think that's such an important thing, though, to talk about, like, from our perspective, too, because I think so many people don't know what to do or before I wouldn't have known what to do or say. Yeah. So I think that's so important. Even, like, for me, someone, like, calling, even if I didn't want to talk to them, and I just, like, like, didn't want to, not to them, but didn't want to talk. To anybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, to anybody. I just want to, like, be in my room by myself. Um, But if they even, like, called and I, like, ignored it, you know, it's just nice to know that Mm -hmm. they're calling to check in or, Mm -hmm. Yeah sending books was really nice mm-hmm. like just because you know they knew I'd probably be bored and so those were some things that I thought were were nice and like like you said like they showed up not yeah. just I'm here <laughs> yeah say yeah. you know saying it saying it in word is one thing but actually showing up it yeah it is another right entirely exactly. yeah and I'm too, I'm curious about the faith part of it because you mm-hmm. said that you leaned on that more, and I think that's really interesting. And I'm curious to know if you were like went to church before and kind of like how that blossomed. Yeah, I I did been a lifelong. Um, mm-hmm. So, but anytime something like this kind of shakes your faith or mm-hmm. just kind of shakes you to the core, you know you it's kind of a kind of that crisis of, okay, am I going, am I going to turn towards it? Or am Mm -hmm. I going to turn away from it? And I chose the latter. And I think that that was incredibly helpful for me. The in the work that I do in in the field in marriage family therapy, oftentimes faith and that can mean whatever that means for for whomever it doesn't have to mean my faith or what I believe Mm -hmm. but that often gets overlooked um just in the you know and there is when you're dealing with a life-threatening illness like this you're having that existential crisis like what's my purpose why am I here why did this happen to me did I do Mm -hmm. did I do something wrong no you didn't you didn't do anything wrong you know like (laughs) you didn't ask (laughs) for this you didn't you know (laughs) I think the best way I can explain it is when I so oftentimes because my husband was working full-time when all this happened and Mm -hmm. you know between me not being able to sleep um, nights were hard as they are for a lot of people, because that's kind of when you have that 
decompression of like, <sighs> but then you're like, oh, yeah, mwah. all the so, thoughts. <laughs> yeah, all the thoughts. And so yeah. when I had nothing else in those dark hours of the night, I had my faith. Mm. And that's, and that was what carried me through, whether it was music, reading, prayer, um, mm. you know, reading books that were, you know, faith-based. And so I would definitely encourage that whatever your, your belief system is, because I know not everybody holds the same as I do, obviously, but don't discount that as a part of your recovery, as a part of your process, checking back into it or learning about whatever your, you know, your basis of your, your, your foundation is. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would definitely encourage that uh, for anybody who's searching or just struggling. Yeah. yeah. I think that helps to also just get out of your head of like, there's something bigger mm-hmm. than just what I'm going through and what, you know, not to discount it, but there's just something bigger in the universe. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really, I think a lot of people lean into their faith, which I I know is really important. Amazing. Oh, I was going to ask you too, if you, what would be like two or three tips or advice for someone that was like just diagnosed? Was there anything like you were going through that you wish you knew? Um, I mean, again, you said a lot already, but (laughs) yeah. Advice, advice for first diagnosis yeah. when you're up, when you're first diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, something that was helpful to me and you may not all have a friend that's a nurse that has the time to come with you, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but bring somebody with you to your appointments that can follow along, ask questions that maybe you didn't think of, uh, yeah. take notes I think that that was really important. That was helpful to me. Another thing that that I found was kind of woefully underemphasized was mm-hmm. the like you know you're you're doing coaching and mm-hmm. the nutritional aspect. Yeah. The I and then my my friend who's a nurse, God bless her, Christine. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> you know you know who you are. <laughs> uh, you know, she said, she said, you should look into finding a naturopath yeah, and naturopathic doctor. And I was like, I don't know. What is that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so this, my particular doctor, she had a, was, she had previously worked for the cancer treatment centers of America, I think. And so mm-hmm. she understood what the chemo was doing and yeah. some of the, some of the, supplements and vitamins that I could take that would offset it. Right. And Western medicine, they just don't do that. They just, they just give you the drugs and, and, and it's, and, and that's not to put down Western medicine at all. I, I, I chose to go that route, but I also chose to get a little bit, a little bit of help from the natural, the, the natural side so that I could, you know, potentially avoid some of the side effects of some of the chemo. And then I think you guys had mentioned this in one of your podcasts, but I was always just baffled by their nutritional recommendations. Like just, just, Crazy. It, and I'm like, you know, and they, they had like Oreos at yeah, the milkshakes. What? Like we're on like a list. Like, uh, yeah. I'm taking something that has one of, uh, cytoxin was one of them. Toxin mm. is in the name, right? <laughs> and 
and you're recommending and you're handing me Oreos. Yeah. And I'm just like, "Hmm, no offense to Oreo lovers. Yeah. But you know, like it is, it's just like, what? Yeah. It's crazy. So that was, that was helpful. I wasn't up on my nutrition at that time. I just was trying to like get through, but the, the naturopath, I, I definitely would recommend getting something like that because the, the oncologist, they're really just working with the chemo. They're not. Mm -hmm. um, And of course you're going to get that approved by your oncologist before you start taking them while you're on chemo. Uh, So I I would say those two things for sure Mm -hmm. were something that I'd want to pass along to anybody that's newly diagnosed because yeah, going, going the traditional path with the oncologists, they're, they're not typically going to do a whole lot with nutrition yeah, or anything with like natural, like, you know, and I don't want to say natural, like as a bad thing, but like supplements or vitamins, minerals, you know, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with both of those. My mom is a nurse. So okay. I'm very lucky. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's she's a nurse. She's a hospice nurse. So a literal wow. angel. Yeah. And um she had binders and like questions. Mm-hmm. And so thank God. And yeah, and the nutrition part too. I I can't believe I've heard so many people tell me that their oncologists gave them lists of what to eat. And it was like cheeseburgers and milkshakes and French fries mm-hmm. to keep their weight up. And I'm just like it's so crazy. Yeah, no, I didn't have a problem with the weight. Yeah, I, yeah, that me was, either. That was the other part weight. of the. Yeah, that was the other part of the sports package was that yeah. I put on. <laughs> I put on weight. I'm like, really? I couldn't have even lost weight yeah. in this. Yeah, you know? I know. For real. I feel like everyone in our support group too said that. Same Did thing. they really? Like, that they all. I, I remember thinking that because I remember being like starving, and mm. even though I was nauseous, I was like ravenous from the steroids. <laughs> And like, I definitely didn't lose a pound. I, I gained no, a little bit of weight. I gained, yeah. And I, well, I gained weight from the steroids too. And mm. yeah, that was a whole thing. But I think coming off of that, 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 that was kind of a thing that kind of took a turn for me too, was that in, I knew that after I had gained all that weight and I was done with treatment that I was like, okay, I've got to do something. I have to, you know, get mm. back, get back with it. And I kind of had come to this, this realization that the last time that I was ever consistent with any kind of exercise was when I was in organized sports in high school. (laughs) And so I'm like thinking, well, what does that look like as an adult? And I had this light bulb moment and I was like, triathlons, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a triathlon. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I liked that it wasn't too much of any one sport. It was a little bit of everything. Oh my God. Yeah. Good for you. And so I did, so six months, yeah, six, pretty much six months after I had finished radiation, I did my, my first sprint distance triathlon. Wow. And, and the, the whole time that I was training, I kind of had this like image in my mind that like with every, you know, footstep that I was taking, every, uh, you know, swim stroke, every pedal that I was like pushing the chemo out and I was pushing out all, totally. of, that, all of that ugliness, yeah. and, ah, you know, and, and like doing something for myself, getting control yeah. again, you know, like having right. control. 100%. Um, mm-hmm. and so that was, uh, that was like super, super helpful in, in just my like recovery and just my health and 
feeling back to myself again. And, you know, because for a long time, I was not myself. uh, Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And so many good tips. I'm so excited. (laughs) And I have a final question. Okay. That's kind of a funny one. Yeah. Do you, if you remember, what was the best reason you pulled the C card? You know, I thought I, we've been talking about, Rob and I talked about it and I'm so, I'm kind of like so far removed, but I think the, the funniest ones that I would always do mm-hmm. was with my husband, whenever I wanted to get out of doing something, I'd be like, yeah, like, you know, I didn't want to do the laundry <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, of like, course I can't have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm pretty sure I did it. And, and I never wielded it with like, I know, I know that I did it. And what's, what's interesting is, is that now I, I don't know about you, but out in like the world, are you kind mm-hmm. of like acutely aware when you're in the midst of a cancer patient, like, you know, based on their head covering or, you yeah. know, just their, uh, huh and yeah. I remember I was, I was in active treatment and I was, I was clearly bald and I had just kind of given up yeah. and my husband and I were in Best Buy and this woman, I she came from out of nowhere. She comes up and she says like, can I give you a hug? I just, mm. I know you're struggling, you know, and I just like, that was really oh. sweet. So yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't have a, like a really funny, you know, C card one, but I would do it every once in a while with my husband. Um, yeah. You have to. I yeah. Mean, it's like, yeah. I why can't. the hell not? Totally. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think that once you, once it becomes less of your day-to-day life, the less likely you are mm-hmm. to use it for sure. Yeah. I don't think I use it anymore, but um, mm-hmm. when my hair was growing back and like, you know, people still felt bad for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely use it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you want some sympathy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Julie. Thank I loved, you. love talking to you. How can people find you um, if they want to, you know, have you as a therapist because you're so positive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, should we do like a link at the end of the, do you have links? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can, yeah. Leave, I can leave my email with you and okay, yeah, people are more than happy, to, more than welcome to reach out. Uh, I'm here in Southern California, so Okay, great. Yes, I will put your um, email in the podcast description. Cool. People can find you. All right. Perfect. Okay, thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast that tells the truth about what people with cancer actually go through. Each week, myself, Paige Gill, and my co-host, Madison Pollack, Sit down with fellow cancer survivors to tell our stories. Keep up to date with our guests and new episodes on our Facebook and Instagram pages, Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast, and tune in every Monday to hear our stories. 